In today's show, we're talking about the San Antonio Spurs, the final team in our team preview series with the hosts across the Locked On Podcast Network, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. All right. Final show in the team preview series. We do, later on in September, do a team preview series from a fantasy perspective where we look at uh, ADPs, sleepers, busts, points league value, category league value. I do all of those as well. This is more of just a, uh, a baseline a grounding into what the team looks like with the hosts of the of the local shows just to understand where they're at. This is the last one. If you want to be in, also, side note, the FBI LOFB World Cup, the biggest fantasy basketball competition that you can get into, nine category league. There's an entry form down below. Are we picking 144 more people this week? And that is it for my entries. We did 144 last week. We did 144 this week. On the weekend coming up, I will give out those final 444 spots. So fill in that entry form. It's in the show notes on the audio side and also in the description here on YouTube. So fill it out, get a part of that fantastic tournament to see who is the best fantasy basketball player in the world. And now we're going to talk San Antonio Spurs. So to talk about the Spurs, he's back for, I think, probably the seventh year in a row. Jeff Garcia from the Locked On Spurs podcast. Jeff, welcome back. Glad to be back. I'm ready to talk some Spurs basketball. I actually have some substance now, now that Wimby's here. There's actually something to talk about in San Antonio. Yeah, it's a, it was a weird thing because I think when we started this, they were obviously rolling and they were boring from a fantasy perspective yeah. because there was just the same stuff all the time. It was, you know, it was Kawhi. It was the end of yeah. Tim Duncan. It was all that sort of stuff. And then yeah. we went into this weird situation the last couple of years and now we're starting a new era. So that brings us in to talk about what the team looks like because, of course, they do get Victor Wembanyama at pick right. number one. They also bring in Reggie Bullock and campaign in some salary dump mm-hmm. trades. They draft CD Sissoko. There's Sir Jabari Rice who comes in as a um, two-way guy and Chetty Osman also came in in a trade. And looking at right. the guys that they lost, Romeo Langford, well, they didn't lose him because no one wants him. Gorgie Jeng's yeah. probably too old. And then uh, Keita Bates-Diop went to Phoenix. So it is a very, very clear upgrade for this mm-hmm. team, Jeff, I don't think we need to talk a ton about Wembenyama. We will talk about him a little bit later. But just as a general rule, those first three names on that list, Wembenyama, Bullock, and Payne, they're all pretty significant upgrades. But how how much better does it actually make this team? I think a lot better. And, and, and I think the upgrade that nobody's talking about is the upgrade in experience for this young team. I think that's not getting enough attention. You have Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan and all those kids from last year, they took a beating night in, night out, you know, nine game losing streaks, four game losing streaks. And I think their experience upgrade is going to be showing and it's going to bear fruit next season. Now, as far as the other uh, ingredients added to the mix, uh, campaign is interesting. Do the Spurs have a point guard uh, controversy? I don't think so. I think it's Trey Jones is to lose right now. 
But campaign, you know, he's a proven NBA veteran guards. They the Spurs definitely needed to address that. They did that with campaign. I don't expect him to be the starting point guard on opening night. I think that's all Trey Jones. City uh, Sissoko, great young kid. Uh, are you sure? Are we sure he's 19 years old? Because he's built like a Mack truck. I don't know if you've seen photos of <laughs> no, him. See you, His body is NBA ready. I mean, this kid is a beast. Uh, then you got the, the veteran injection, which I think the Spurs needed as well. Bullock and Osmond. Three and D guys that the Spurs desperately needed. Uh, overall, I think it, it is a great upgrade for the Spurs. Also, too, I think the Spurs now kind of have kind of under the radar good depth now coming off the bench. I agree. Because there's 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 something else that we're not talking about. I'm pretty sure, Josh, you'll get to it. Is that starting five? Yeah, there is. This is, and for, we talk about the NBA. Now I've been talking about this a lot in the offseason. There is a lot of good players in the NBA, and even this team who got the number one pick, and we were like one of the worst three teams. In the NBA all season, there are going to be players mm-hmm. on this team who don't get to play every night who should. And that's just the way it is. They are There are good rotation players or good players with rotation value upside who aren't going to be able to play because of the strength of this team. The thing you touched on there with Trey Jones is really interesting to me because as soon as that Cameron Payne trade went down, I went, oh, I, I said the same thing. I said, I don't, I don't think Payne is going to start. I think it's going to be Trey Jones, yeah. but... Payne could cut into the minutes. There are other people who think that Payne might just mm-hmm. get immediately waived because the way that they re-signed Trey Jones, that money is backup point guard money. It is not starting point guard money. It's $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely backup point guard money. So again, I, I don't think that Payne is going to start, but I also don't think that this means that there is 33 minutes a night every night there for Trey Jones. In right. fact, I think he's probably going to be quite capped by that situation. But you brought up Chetty Osman, who's on this list. Well, actually, I brought him up and then you talked about him. But <laughs> someone's going to get cut on this team. In fact, more than one person has to get cut on this team. In fact, yeah. three players need to get cut off this roster. And I'm trying to project it out. I think Chetty might be one of them. Who do you think the three I, guys are that are going to get cut? I think you nailed it on the head. I think it's Chetty is probably going to be one of them. And interesting enough, too, the Spurs were chasing him for years since about 2017. They've Reports that they had him always on their radar, that he's a guy they're looking at. They finally get him, and he might be the odd man out. Another guy I think could possibly do is campaign. Uh, he did not start off his fan relations well with the Spurs when he did a, a, a Instagram live video proclaiming how much Phoenix is this and that, and I miss it and this and that, not even bringing up anything about the Spurs. So I'm pretty sure there'll be no love loss uh, between the fan base and pain if the Spurs do waive him. But the Spurs can also use the option of uh, sending a player or two you know, to the Austin G League if they decide to keep their veterans and want to shake things up. There's that option. I don't think that's going to happen, obviously, for a, a Seti Osman and a Reggie Bullock or a campaign. But, yeah, the, the, the Spurs are going to have to make some cuts. So the suspects right now are Osman and Payne. I think well, – I, I actually think well, – I think Ken Birch is gone. I don't think there's any way that he – Oh, yeah, yeah. Does, does it even exist? Yeah, he, well, apparently – he's still apparently yeah. on the roster. And the other one that I'd worry about, yeah. even though he signed a new contract, is Sadra Mamakalashvili because – I just, when I look at the other guys on this list and the other guys mm-hmm. on this roster, unless it is pain or unless they find a way to dump like a Doug McDermott, I, I'm just not sure where Mamu fits yeah. in with Wembenyama, with Collins, with the re-signing of Barlow, with Charles mm-hmm. Bassey. There's just a lot of different guys in that position, but that does bring me on to talk a little bit about Charles Bassey. We get to talk about injuries here. Bassey had that patella fracture as he was really starting to come yeah. into his own as a backup center last season. Do we know how his rehab's going? Is he ready to go for the start of yeah. the season? Yeah, he, he's fine. I, I I have a doctor come on Lockdown Spurs quite often during the regular season. We talked about Bassey's injury. Uh, it was 
pretty much, you know, all a lot of smoke but no fire. It is, it is an injury. Yes, it does need healing, but it's nothing like career threatening. It's nothing like that. It just takes. It's kind of like when you when they say you break your finger, nothing you can do. You're fine. You just gotta ride it out. No pain, nothing like that. So, so he's he's fine. The Spurs are very invested in him too. They signed him late last season. Mm. He is that athletic big that the Spurs have been looking for up until Wimby uh, showed up. But nevertheless, great young kid, raw talent, uh, has some NBA experience with the 76ers and, and, of course, last season with the Spurs. The Spurs are very high on him. Not not not, not bad, you know, when Wimby has to take a, bre- a, breather, a breather and then you got Bassey coming in. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you still get that athletic big in the paint uh, to man it. Uh, and uh, of course, we're not even talking about Zach Collins yet. So, I mean, I think overall, you know, Bassey is going to be fine. Devontae Graham, I see it on your thing. Okay, just make it very clear. That happened when he was a Pelican, okay? It didn't happen when he was a Spur, okay? Well, he just happens to be wearing the Spurs colors now. So, there you go. But two game suspension, what can you do? Hopefully, Graham doesn't do it again. Yeah, so it was a DWI, I believe, that uh, yeah, got him this two game suspension. So, it's not mm-hmm. impacting a huge amount of things. Yeah. The thing with Bassey is Bassey's a really, really interesting player, especially from a fantasy perspective. A really good, I think future backup center who can start in a pinch. The problem is, I also think they've got another you know, really strong rotation backup center who can start mm-hmm. in a pinch in Dominic Barlow, plus the guy yeah. that is probably going to be starting in Zach Collins. So we talk about yeah. rotations that like you know, Bassey and Barlow, they're probably not going to be able to play together each night, which yeah, it's good for their development that they're there and they're you're yeah. going to be working to something. But in the end, like they're going to have to make a decision between the, those guys because I think there is a lot of value in both those players. We are going to get to your starting lineup in just a second. Jeff, before we do that though, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. It's officially summer. Well, is it? It's not for me, but it is for you guys. And a new season means new clothes, but your clothes and your closet shouldn't be the only thing that is growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on purchases, whether it is clothes or it is uh, grocery items, household items, whatever it is. Ibotta gets that cash back for you. And the average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. And you could use that money that you get back from Ibotta to go and buy more clothes. Fill that closet up and get things get things refreshed in the clothing department. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or go to the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. Jeff, your starting five is actually slightly different to my projected starting five, and it's going to be slightly different to other people's projected starting five, which is also going to be different to me because there is a decision to make. Because there are six clear options, I think, here who could go into five spots. You've gone with Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Victor Wembanyama, and Zach Collins. Okay, so Wembanyama is going to start. Devin Vassell is going to start. I, I don't think there's any argument about those two players. Yeah. I think it is definite that Trey... Actually, not definite. I think Trey Jones is going to start. And I'm very, very confident that Zach Collins is going to start. We heard them Mm -hmm. say that Zach Collins was going to start before they got Wembenyama, of course. But it also makes sense that I think that they will play Wemby at the four for a lot of the time here. The big question is that final spot. You've gone with Keldon Johnson... I, th- I actually think it's going to be Jeremy Sohan, and I'll explain why. I think that Keldon was a guy that took on a high usage role last season. He wasn't particularly good at it, I didn't think. I thought his efficiency was quite poor. He doesn't offer a huge amount of things, but that also mm-hmm. allowed the team to be bad and get into the position where they were. Ideally, his role is a guy that can come in, fill multiple positions off the bench, can help that scoring load of a bench unit, but... 
his skill level or, or what he's able to do. I don't necessarily think that it makes a ton of sense long-term as a starter. Now, it is hard to look at a guy that averaged over 20 points per game and say you're a bench player. Mm-hmm. But then my yeah. my take on this, Jeff, was that I think Kelden comes off the bench because I've never been a big wow. fan of him as a player. But then that quote came out, which I thought was really, really curious, where they asked Kelden about how would you feel coming off the bench. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, yeah. I understand that things need to happen on this yeah. team and and I do what needs to to you know, needs to be done and when that sort of stuff comes out there are reasons that those questions get asked or they get framed in that way it's because that discussion is clearly happening and Kelden saying that he's open to it makes me think that there is maybe maybe I'm wrong at least there's a 50-50 chance that he is coming off mm-hmm. the bench yeah i look at Kelden and i'm thinking like what well, you your your highest at paid spur is going to come off the bench mm-hmm. i mean that, that's that's a lot of money for a bench player it is uh but this this is the situation where the spurs are probably having a smile from ear to ear fine you want to have sohan start great yay you want to have Kelden off the bench phenomenal you want to flip it have Vassell coming off the bench sure why not this is a great problem the spurs have and something that san antonio fans haven't had experience in quite some times because they have been some lean years but this is a win, 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 win situation for that final uh, starting spot. Um, but Kelton did express, you know, that he would come off that bench. Good thing the Spurs have Mono Ginobili on staff, mm. paid staff, you know, as a mm. player development. So if he does have some issues or Kelton's kind of, you know, getting can't get over it, you know, Manu's there on staff to ch- chat with him. So all in all, yeah, uh, you know, I think this the starting five, whichever way you go, your way or my way, is – Kind of, again, under the radar, not too bad in the league. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it is. And look, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that Kelden, the highest played, paid player on this team, and it's true. He's got $20 million in salary for this mm-hmm. season. But I also look at it, Jeff, and go, well, okay, Devin Vassell's contract is limited because he's a rookie and he would probably be getting paid more than that. Yeah. Victor Webanyama would clearly be getting paid more than that at this point. Jeremy Sohan would probably be getting paid, maybe not quite that much, but, but not that far off it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. he's paid that much. He's paid the most, but it's... I don't think anyone would. Maybe they would. Would you? Would you think that he is the best player on this team currently? Who's that again? Um, Calden. Who's that? Calden? No, I think it's Devin. I think it's Devin. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, think Devin is 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 the better player right now. Uh, you know, a very deadly two way player. Uh, got hit hard with the injury, but supposedly last year. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like, uh, you know, no, he, he legit had an injury. Like you don't have surgery without an injury. I think that when he yeah. came when he came back from surgery, the. Uh, Soreness flare-ups may have been a little over exaggerated, yeah. but he, he at exactly. least he at least had something go least, wrong in January. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, you know, for me, it's Devin. I, I think as of right now, we'll wait to see how Wemby pans out if we live mm. up to the hype. But as of this recording, uh, I got Devin Vassell as the best player uh, on the roster right now. You look at what he can do, play defense. One thing I think does not get enough attention is minimal turnovers. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You know, very careful with the ball. And can score, can hit the mid range, can knock the three. Is aggressive. And another intangible that I that I wish the national media can pick up on is how passionate he is with losses. Josh, I've been in that conference room with him, especially last year when they were just getting thumped over the head left and right. He got to the point where he was just so frustrated, he just kind of exasperated, threw his hands on the on the table. It was like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, what's going on? So, uh, high motor, highly competitive tangibles the skills values of all yeah he's the best player i um i also think he's got some really questionable fashion choices i saw him in vegas he was wearing like yeah. a a knitted 
Dior a, a knitted Dior vest that was like oversized yeah. over his shoulders with nothing underneath it. I go, bro, that's got to be itchy. Like, there's no way that 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 is that's comfortable that you're wearing that around. But that that that, that, that came off the Josh Lloyd fashion line. That's what I heard. <laughs> if if mate, there is no way, I would I would never I wouldn't be allowed to. If I walked out uh, out of my hotel in Vegas wearing that, the guy at the door would be like, bro, come on, what are you doing? Get, yeah, come get, on, get, yeah, go back inside your room get, and change. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, do you, who do you think you are? The turnover thing is interesting because Vassell did change quite a bit of his game last season. He started to become mm-hmm. more involved in the pick and roll and more of ball handling. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's his next step. And I actually think he can do it at a, quite a high level. And that's oh, sure. you know, when people yeah. look at, you know, Kelden scoring 20 points per game, I, I think that there's just way more upside in what Vassell can do. He can handle things. Mm-hmm. He can initiate. He can be a guy that is better at self-creating and creating for others. And I'm expecting a pretty big jump forward for him this season. The other thing that Jeff will look at this, people will look at this and go, well, why is Zach Collins starting? It's ridiculous. Just start Sohan, um, put Wembenyama at center. But... I, again, you can confirm or deny this, but I am pretty adamant that the Spurs are out here saying, like, they're, they're, we don't want Wemby mm-hmm. Yama starting at center. Yeah. That is just not going to happen. What every Wemby wants, Wemby's going to get. And he's made it very known, even in his playing days with the Mets 92, that he plays the four. Yeah. So uh, whatever Wemby wants, Wemby's going to get. And if he wants the four, he's going to get the four. And that's why Zach Collins is going to be the starting. And not to mention, too, the fact that at the end of last season, Popovich even announced it. He goes, the only known starter we have right now is Zach Collins. He did. He flat out said it. Now, now that, w- that was before the lottery, but he did say it. And yeah. it, it does make sense because people look at Wemby Yama and go, well, he's tall yes yes he is he is very tall and he can guard protect the rim but the guy can also dribble the guy can also switch the guy can handle the ball he can do all of these things he does not have to play at center just because he is tall in fact this huge mismatch that he has over guys playing the four with his ability to dribble and his ability to score and be an actual high usage player it makes him totally fine to play the four now probably at some point his best position is going to be at center but I just don't think it's going to happen. He'll play there, but it won't happen a huge amount. And I've already detailed the guys that can come in as backups and play some of those minutes as in Bassi and Barlow. And I think actually, long-term, I really like the Barlow-Wembenyama uh, pairing as a guy. Uh, Barlow's only 20 and Wembenyama's 19. Like I think those guys can grow together yeah. into a really strong pairing. That brings mm-hmm. us to the rest of your rotation. Jeff, there's Sohan there, obviously. Campaign, Branham, Block, and Devontae Graham. A lot of guards in that mix. And, of mm-hmm. course, because you've got Collins and um, right. Wemby, who can yeah, play at the big man position. But this, again, highlights the depth in this team. You, Ju- Julian Champagne is not in this mix, who had an awesome exactly. summer league. Uh, Doug McDermott mm-hmm. is not there. Bassey, Barlow. Yeah. Blake Wesley. They can go deep. This, they can go deep. Look, Blake Wesley has sucked really. Like every every moment, <laughs> he, he was terrible. Look, oh, I think he, I think he's going to be all right, but he, he's been terrible. But he, he needs more G League seasoning, that's for sure. There are fourteen guys on this team who, if yeah. they are a rotation player, you go, ah, okay, yeah, that makes a bit of sense. Like that's fourteen players on a team that's as bad as they yeah. are that can play every night because there's just so many options here. Now, I think that trades can happen and Bullock or Payne might end mm-hmm. up going to give Champagne more of these sure. minutes or maybe they don't prioritize Graham, but that's a reasonable guess at how they're going to run things. I think it's going to be a lot of, Jeff, a lot of sort of mixing and matching every night. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, when you when I, you sent me the questions to get ahead of this show, you know, we asked about the depth. I was like, sure, it's good, good enough, good. I mean, that's how great it is in the depth. You know, didn't even mention McDermott. Mm. Uh, Barlow, a lot of upside. Uh, though he'll probably be towards the end of the bench next season. Uh, Devontae Graham, you know, an offensive weapon the Spurs have at their disposal. So yeah, you know, and, and you know, of the of the next five you put up there, I mean, I think another guy who can also have a great leap is Malachi Branham. Uh, what he showed, at least in minimal playing time in the summer league and towards the second half-ish of last season, this kid might be something. Yeah, I thought he was all right at the end of last season. I think he's a little bit 
Uh, I, the thing I worry about with Branham, Jeff, is that he's a little bit, and this is going to feel like I'm just shitting on Keldon Johnson. I'm not, but he's a little Keldon Johnson-ish that he needs the ball in his hands to get a lot of scoring because I'm not sure what else he's doing. Is he defending at a good level? Is he shooting threes? Is he yeah. getting them in at a high level? Is he passing? Is he helping teammates? Or does he really just need everything funneled towards him? And he did show out when he got those opportunities at the end of last season. But... He also had that game in summer league where he shot one of 19, I think it was. And yeah. when, when the shot doesn't go in, everything else looks pretty rough. So that's my worry that you need to be the absolute elite of the elite sort of a player who can be someone who determine or demands yeah. that that much usage of the ball to let those other things fade away. So while there are flashes from Branham, I need to see something a little bit different, a little bit more yeah. that um, mm-hmm. shows that he can fit in into other other sort of situations. In terms of... Oh, yeah. No, I was a, you know, another guy that I'm looking at, and he flat out said it in black and white to Polish media. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Sohan already put himself a uh, goal for himself that he wants to be one of the top three Spurs next season. And you're like, okay, yeah, obviously, but no, you really think about it. Just if you're going to like break it down, who are the top players? It's likely going to be Wimby, Keldon, Devin, and Sohan. So if he wants to get into the top three, he's going to show out versus one of those other guys. So he made it very clear. And here's the interesting thing, too. He told Polish media that he's aware that his shot needs work. So hopefully he's in that lab this summer and working on that. Well, it's good to know that he's got eyes because he shot 25% from three last season. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely needs uh, some work. Mm-hmm. But what he did do and what was really impressive, and this is something that I always try to look at with players, it's about doing doing things that, that help a team. And Sohan was struggling so much from the line, Jeff. We saw that. And then he went to this weird-looking push shot sort of thing, right? This weird shooting stroke. And it looked stupid. It just looked goofy. But they went in and he started hitting them at like 74, 75% down the stretch because he didn't care that it looked goofy. He didn't care about what, you know, how his pride was affected by t- sure. taking whatever role. He said, this is actually going to make me better and it's going to make the team better. So I'm going to do it. And his ability to defend, to handle the ball and pass, to up his usage when necessary, just to have scalability and just do things that the team needs is what I think leads to a future really, really good player. His role exactly. is his role is going to be interesting this season because, again, we don't know if he's going to start or what he's going to do, but it, is, it has to be shooting as the number one thing that he improves this mm-hmm. season, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And, uh, you know, especially with the three-line, the three-line yeah, uh, was yeah. atrocious. Uh, it was just bad. And, uh, look, you know, the promise is that he closed the season. If you look at the month-to-month progression uh, from the field goal and the three-point range, it got, you know, he had your spikes and flow. So at least it's trending in the right direction. So that's a really good start. And you add the fact that he's self-aware, another good step in the right direction. So, Han, uh, hopefully will turn into one of the top. I hope so. I, I hope I hope that training camp is intense. If he wants to jump into the top three Spurs, yeah, go for it. Take on Devin. Take on Kelton. Take on Wimby. Do what you got to do, you know. Distract him. Color his hair again. <laughs> you know, do it. So, hand whatever you got to take to be one of the best. It is going to be really intriguing to see how this all works out and how all these yeah. players fit together. Because it is a very, even though there's only one real major return mm-hmm. addition in Wembenyama, everyone else is there. The hierarchy of everything changes. You're not going to have these situations over the final two yeah. months where one guy's in, one guy's out. You know, these guys are moving all over the place. Like, it is a completely different scenario now. Not that I'm thinking Wembenyama is going to make them a playoff team. But he could. We have seen these sort of players. Luka Doncic comes in. These guys, Anthony Davis comes in. And they make their teams so much better immediately that everything has to change like very quickly. Wait, we need to like work out what we're doing here because we don't have time to sit two, three years and develop because Wimbanyama's already yeah. added 15 wins to our team and we're off. Now, there could be a lot of mistakes made in those situations, but it is something that they need to watch. A lot of players on this team, Jeff, that are under the age of 23. We've talked about 
uh, quite a few of them. Let's quickly just touch on Wembenyama. We've touched a little bit on him in terms of um, the role and playing at the four, but there are people who are going to be panicked about the way the Spurs handle him in terms of games played and all that sort of oh, thing, yeah. How and even minutes. How do you view that sort of stuff shaking out? Uh, nobody should be surprised. And I, that's my, my view. I mean, if you're going to come on Lockdown Spurs or this show and say, what, they rested him? Well, no, but you know what? You know, they're going to do that. That's just been the Spurs way ever since Pop and that regime took over the franchise. Uh, so no surprise there. The only thing that's going to break my heart is that one time that one kid and his family from France comes over to the eight or now the Frost Center and he sits out. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to be heartbreaking. But um, it is what it is. That's what the Spurs do. They want to extend them. Uh, his shelf life, we everybody look. I'm not going to repeat. Everybody knows about players and his build don't last too long. Only rare exceptions. So if the Spurs are aware of that, Wemby's camp is aware of that. Yeah, he's going to sit out. But uh, you know, all in all, you, know, you look. They're going to they're going to groom him. They're going to get him ready on his pace, on his time. Uh, Brian Wright did say, and Popovich as well. He you know punted it and kicked it in the field goal, saying like, hey. You know, Wimby's going to be Wimby. He's not going to be TD. He's not going to be the Admiral. You know, he's going to be Wimby. And if, that, and if a 19-year-old kid, you know, needs like a half a season to get things, they're going to let him do that. So I, I think we're losing focus, too, that he's still a teenager. Mm. He's just a teenager. And he's slight a build. He's not ready-made like a Robinson was or a Duncan was. Heck, Duncan came in with a ready-made team. Wemby's coming in with a good team, but, you know, still questions abound. So totally different set of circumstances, totally different player, totally different age range. So they're going to handle Wemby very carefully. Yeah, I think that he's uh, – obviously, Wemenyama wants to play. We know he is a fierce competitor. He will want to play. I, I think that they will get him, unless there is injury, he will play those 65 games needed to qualify yeah. for Rookie of the Year. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you should be looking at 66 to 70 games played. Yeah. But people, exactly. there, there are some people out there, Jeff, who think he's, oh, he's only going to play 27 minutes. And I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he'll play his 31, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 to yeah. 32, and play those 60, 70 games. And yeah, injuries notwithstanding. So I, I think there's mm-hmm. maybe a little bit too much panic there. But – That'll bring us into some of the other questions that we do have on this team, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them right now because is this team? Do you think? Because part of the problem when people look at fantasy is this team started to play the shenanigans with the injuries. So when we head to the end of the year, while the 2024 draft isn't considered particularly strong, do you think this team is going to be in preservation mode down the stretch, and we're going to have Vassell and Calden and Zach and Sohan all with phantom injuries popping up? Like, how do you think? How do you think they're going to play this? I think they're going to play uh, all out. I don't think there's going to be any tanking. I don't think there's going to be anything like that. Look, they own how many draft picks? How yeah. many picks have they got? Yeah, they got so they got, want got to move up. The Hawks a, ones. Yeah, they, they got a few of them. So if they want to move up in the draft, they have the means and the players to do that. This first team is not out of the woods, yes. Yes, they got Wimby. And yes, that helps them see the light at the end of the tunnel brighter, but they're not out of that rebuild tunnel yet. I don't think they are. They're, they're a lot closer. They're, you get a Wimby, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, and, of course, we'll see if he lives up to the hype. Uh, that's a lot of hype. My goodness, Josh. I, I'm at the point now, and I said on Lockdown Spurs, where I have to now just see it. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. He Now he's got to walk the walk now. So we'll see what happens in a few short months. But, no, I think the Spurs are still in rebuild mode. I don't think they're going to tank. They're going to play their best. I still argue that I think this team probably wasn't a 22-team win last season. 
we know what they were doing. We know what was what, what the plan was. No, they uh, they played but, they played bullshit basketball down the stretch. Yeah, because they, they, they did. They were fine at the start, and they, they played absolute bullshit basketball. They were they yeah. were the team. Now people complain about tanking in the NBA so much. This was the team that did it. The Blazers started to do it, it in much. They did it for three months, and they played not only <laughs> sitting their guys. Yeah. They started yeah. playing basketball on the court that made no sense, and that that's or, that's or, or just been. be like Jason Cannon, just oh go ahead and fight out and say it. Oh yeah, we tanked it. We yeah. did the game yeah. to preserve our draft pick. Hundred uh, percent. But did. you know the the biggest moment I remember last year when I knew they were well it was obvious is when they were in Madison Square Garden. I was there on press row. It's a pressure game. So what was the final call? Pops drew up to play nothing but the rookies. <laughs> Sohan, Wesley, all of them out there. Oh, and by the way, give Sohan the ball so he can inbound the, the, the ball and hopefully get the win. So yeah, it was very obvious. Yeah, that, they they were they were the team, and I call that out on the, on the show quite a bit. And I understand yeah. why they did it. But like you talk about every other team who was actually playing their guys or going hard, that this team wasn't playing their guys and they were running nonsense on yeah. the court, which you know, we understand why. But that all then brings me. You talk about Popovich throwing those rookies out there. He signed a gigantic extension. The man is yeah. very old. What do we make of this extension? Is this like uh, yeah? I, I did five years feels like a long time. Do you think it's like well maybe he'll coach three years and then move into a full time yeah. front office role? He's already I, got I, that I, dual role now. Like what do we make of this? Yeah, I think it's more of um like maybe his last contract kind of thing. You know that here is your hurrah. This is probably it for you. Let's give you a five year one. Let's pay you well. And if you want to bow out after year one of this new five year, sure have at it. Uh, you know I mean he's really you know. He said in this Hall of Fame speech, you know, I mean, he's just all about his grandkids and getting that check. I, I, there is some truth to that. But, I mean, you know, I mean, he's living life, man. He's He talks about working out. Yeah, he talks about working out at press conferences. He talks about how he goes for treadmill runs and, and does this and that. So he's looking good. But I really believe this was kind of like the last contract for him. And uh, I don't, I mean, he would be like, what is he, 74 right now? He's 74, he'd yeah. 70, yeah, he'd be 79 yeah, if he plays it. Yeah. I mean, if there's one coach stubborn enough to do it, it would be him. Would be him. Um, but I, I, I give it three. I think three. I, I think there's a part of it in a couple of yeah. things. They, they looked at Monty Williams's contract as the richest coach ever, and they went, no, yeah. Pop is the GOAT. We'll give you that extra money. They're also like, like Greg, you see all this money. You've done this for so long. Mm-hmm. We don't expect you to play all, coach all five years. If you only coach two, we're still going to pay you the whole amount. Sure. It's like yeah. a here's your, your final here's your yeah. here's your golden handshake bonus situation. Mm-hmm. Look at you, you're back on top. You're the highest paid coach ever. You're the best coach ever. Coach however many years, you'll get it all anyway. Don't worry about it. I, that's how it feels yeah. to me. It's not like you I must feel, yeah. you must play five, coach five years no, no. and then you'll get your no, eighty no. million. There's no way that's that. There's no way. And no. yeah, be no a, be a consultant for three years and get the rest of that money or something along yeah. those lines is how I guess it's going to go. Who's a breakout candidate on this? Team Jeff. Ooh, breakout candidate. I'm gonna go with Malachi. Ooh, okay. So, what do you think he? What do you think he improves from last season? I think confidence. I think uh, when you look at his rookie year summer league, and then throughout his rookie year, sometimes there is a, a confidence thing, a mental thing. Uh, he said it himself too many times that he goes, "He said, I get that confidence going." He looked very confident in the summer league in this past one. So I'm looking at Malachi to take the next leap. He's probably going to get uh, a bump in minutes as well. He's probably going to be one of those first guys off the bench. And um, yeah, I, I'm confident. I saw a little, also a little bit of a little bit more defensive awareness in the summer league. Again, very small sample size, but at least there was some attention to that. So if that's a, any indication of where he's shifting his focus. I mean, obviously we know he can score. He's a three-level score. We, we get that. But 
I'm looking at Malagai. I think he he's he's the guy. What about on the other side of things, a regression candidate? A regression candidate. That's a good one. Hmm. Oh man, it's like, that's a that's a tough one. I I got two maybe. Uh, yeah, Bassy maybe. Okay. Maybe Bassy. Uh, simply because Wemby and Zach are likely going to get the bulk of the minutes. Uh, maybe that throw him off his rhythm a bit. Um, oof, maybe Keldon, not necessarily intentional, but because if he does come off the bench, statistically there will be a regression. Uh, but no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. That's a good question. I. I for a team that's Ooh. as deep and young as they are, I think there are a yeah. couple. I, I think Keldon's one of them. I, I think he's yeah. look. He had a he scored yeah. what he scored twenty two points per game last season. Yeah. The year before that, he scored seventeen. I, I think that there is it's totally reasonable that he goes back and scores eighteen or nineteen points yeah. per game because last season yeah. he saw his usage jump to twenty eight percent and twenty eight percent usage mm-hmm. on Keldon Johnson is just not anything close to what a good team would do. So that right. that's gonna have to drop back. The other one is Doug McDermott, who yeah was starting two mm-hmm. two years ago and. Probably not going to be a rotation player this season, and mm. I think he's going to take some steps back. But who's the yeah. most who's the most likely player to be traded? Well, okay, well let's go with Bullock. Let's go with Cam. Let's go with let's go with McDermott. Let's go. Uh, you know the usual suspects. I think already, uh, but but I think the Spurs are not going to shake up their foundation a lot mm. uh, because they've been on record to say they want to see how this team cooks together. So we'll see what type of chemistry you know that moves on, but obviously a lot of the veterans, and I and I hope they don't deplete the veterans because I think this team needs a veteran presence like a Bullock and a McDermott to steady the waters. I know you mentioned about Gorgie Dang to start the show. Yeah. He was one of the guys I hope they kept oh, on, they not necessarily him, because they? of his play, but because just of that yeah. locker room they love presence. Him. Yeah, he's a good, they he's they a great him. guy, great guy. Even if he just was the tenth, eleventh man off the bench, I don't care. I wanted him to stay there, and he's an international big. Which I thought would help Wimby uh, tremendously. The problem is they have they have twenty guys on their roster yeah, at the moment, they, so you, they, you, they, you can't you yeah. can't even be the eleventh guy. You're gonna be the twenty first guy. But he is he is a, a legendary locker room yeah, guy. That's why I they, wanted they, him. Yeah, that's why they brought him back last season exactly for for that reason. All right, mm-hmm. let's look at wins. Last season they were twenty two and sixty with the worst net rating in the NBA. Again, there was Tom Foolery for three months on this team, so we don't take huge uh, attention <laughs> Gosh, to that. For a few months. <laughs> yeah, it was basically Christmas and went. All right, we're, we're packing this. It was in. opening night tip off. All right, here we go. Oh, they won those, didn't they? Start Start three and one or something. Yeah, they, they started. Did. Yeah, they, they started off. And then, well, then yeah. it was like, no, no, no. We're not doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. Fanchel's got him at twenty-eight and a half, Jeff, which is a big jump forward. And you've gone, you've gone ballsy. You've gone thirty-five wins, which is totally plausible with whatever impact yeah. Wemby can bring. I've at twenty-seven and fifty-five, just because I think the other West teams are getting better as well. But thirty-five, mm-hmm. does that put them in the playing mix? Do you think? I think it does. I think it does. I mean, what would it, what are, I think 35's got a team into the play in this past year. Yeah, well, definitely uh, in, in at least, if not yeah. last year, the year before, there's been some yeah. of those teams that have gotten in with yeah, that number. Yeah. 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 I, I really believe that this team, uh, you know, you, you factor out the tanking element last season, they don't win 22. I think they get no. 27, 28 up in there. Now, you inject Wimby, you inject a healthy Vassell. You reject yeah. just a healthy overall squad. Like, oh no, Sohan doesn't have dry skin. Don't send him out. <laughs> um, you do, you take away that as well. You bring in Popovich, who's renewed uh, contract. Uh, there's a lot of energy uh, in the locker room. There's positive energy throughout the city. I think the fans are going to feed this team at home games. So I think home games are going to be very fun to watch and be there uh, this season. So 
35 wins, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think this team is really going to take a great leap forward. But again, I don't got them as a, I don't peg them as a playoff team. I mean, something disastrous would have to happen. Like Luca gets hurt or something like that, you know, but some major has to happen. But no, no, I, I think they will be vying for that 10th spot, uh, playing spot in the West. I think it's totally possible, right? I think that there yeah. is, we talk about prospects coming in. I always use the Luca example of guys that come in and they make their team not too good yeah. too quickly, but they also make them way better than anticipated. And I think Weminyama yeah. is that sort of player who can come in and actually elevate this team and, and jump them up that much. The part of the reason why I'm a little cautious about going that high is, A, it's hard to improve that much, but also I think that there are so many other teams in the Western Conference that got better and the wins have to come from somewhere. You can't, not everyone can just jump up 10 wins. So trying to balance that is tough. But again, if Wemby is as good as we think he's going to be, they could easily be a 30, 35 win team. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any real discussion that that's not a possibility. Yeah. It's just going to be hard to they're, do. They're, they got depth now. Last year, maybe they, they didn't have that depth. Mm. Now they have that depth. So you're, the drop-off in the second unit coming in is not going to be too bad this upcoming season. Yeah, the depth is good. They got guys for free. Mm-hmm. They got Bullock for free. They got Osman if he makes the roster for free. They got Payne for free. And they just can mm-hmm. be useful players on this team if they are you know, pushing to get those yeah. extra wins. Now, Jeff, the last part of this show is we're going to have a little bit of fun. And like a few of the hosts across the network, you have somehow managed to escape the the phase and the craze that is grid games across all sports across the offseason. So we're going to play a Spurs grid game here. We've got the Spurs, and what we want to do is we want to find players who have played for the Spurs and for one of these five other franchises. So Spurs and Suns, we want to do Spurs and Grizzlies, Spurs and Bucks, Spurs and Magic, Spurs and Nuggets. And in order for you to get the best score possible on this, you want to find players who have played small amounts of games for either franchise. We're going to take the the smallest number, whether it's 400 games for the Spurs, and then they play five games for the Suns. We want that. We we count that five games in terms of our score. So we want the lowest score we can get. The last category, the last category we have is players who have had 100 blocks in a season playing for the Spurs. And then we want to get, to get the best score out of that, you look for the player who's played the fewest career games for San Antonio, who got 100 blocks in a season. So, I'll help you out here. You haven't played these games before. I'll give you some hints as we go along. Which one do you want to attack first? Which oh, team okay. Let me, let me get this. Yeah, let me get this one out of the way. Can we get uh, Sandro for the Bucks? Sandro for the Bucks is a very, very good start because, of course, he has played for both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Mamakilishvili played only 19 games for San Antonio, so all of the scores are on a scale of zero to 100. Zero being the best. Mamu, as I just have to type his name in because it's a long one, it's going to take me a little bit of extra time. That gives you a score of five out of 100, which is very, very good, Jeff, because he only played uh, 19 games for San Antonio. So there you go. That is a great start. Okay. That's, the, that's the idea of the game. All right, where are we, going? Right. Where are we going next? Woo-hoo-hoo. Let me think. Yeah, while you were talking right now, I'm looking at the board. I'm like, who? which team do I go to next? Let's start. Uh, man. Keep- okay, let me go with the Magic. Um, the give ma- me Ron right. Mercer. Wow, Ron Mercer. Okay, let's go. Magic Ron Mercer. Let's go to my list here. Um, oh, Jeff, you are really on fire here. That is a pretty good score as well. Ron Mercer did play for both teams. He didn't play huge amounts of games for both teams. You get a 10.2 on that one. That's a pretty good score. He played 39 games for San Antonio and 31 for the the Magic. So that is a very good score there. i tell you who would have been another really interesting score. Okay. For, former Pelicans GM Del Demps. Played 16 games wow, for San Antonio, and he played two for the Magic. I have no recollection of those two games that he played for the Magic, <laughs> but apparently he did. And um, 
Another one you could have gone for, which I don't think many people would have got, Dominique Wilkins played for both the Spurs and the Magic. Mm. That's, That's uh, right, yeah. wow, that is, oh, I completely forgot that. All right, what else <laughs> What else are we well, going with? My, my, now, now my hot streak's over because now I'm, I'm lost now. Okay, I'm going to take a stab at this one, okay? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, I'm going to go with the Nuggets next. Okay, okay? yep. Man, I hope I, you know, uh, I hope my memory's correct. Let's have a look. Avery Johnson? Did Avery play with the Nuggets for like a hot second? Avery Johnson played a lot of games for the San Antonio Spurs, Jeff. So you, yeah, we know. Oh, oh, you want to go right, right? We want to no, go no, 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 minimal games no, on no, both ends. No, 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 just just small amounts for one team. So, Avery, oh, small amounts for one team. Avery, okay, okay. Avery Johnson did play only seventy two games for the Denver Nuggets. So you got that. Okay. It's a forty four point nine four because there are so many other guys who played smaller amounts, but mm. it's still a really good score. There is. Interestingly, there is like 61 players in history that have played for both of these franchises. How about Monty Williams playing one game for the Nuggets? Mm. I don't remember that one game there. Who else yeah, is on this list? Who else is on this list that's an interesting guy that would have been a, a low score? There's so many random names here that I've never heard of. Tim Kempton. I don't know who that is. He played mm. he played 10 games for the Spurs. Wow. Oh, but if Jermichael Green would have been a good one with his four games oh, in San Antonio. Yes. That would have been a good one. Yeah. And then there's um Honestly, Je- Jeff Crompton. Who is Jeff Crompton? He played 14 games for the Spurs. Shout out to Jeff if he's uh, listening. All right, what are we going to go to next? We've got the Suns, we've got the Grizzlies, and we've got the 100 blocks in a season. All right, well, you, I, I'm stumped here. So I'm going to – I was – this is not my official answer. I wasn't going to go with Jermichael for um, – Memphis, but he played a lot of games for Memphis. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. A lot of games. Oh, yeah. If you want to go for the small – you want to go the, if there's a small, small number there, but yeah. Memphis. Yeah, well, well, I mean, because I know with the Spurs, he didn't play that much. Well, so I'm going to go with Jermichael Green that's a, with the Spurs not playing as much. That is a fantastic answer. And this is what always seems to happen on these shows, Jeff, as I go out and I give out these names and I say, oh, look at this guy. And then I forget that he also played for one of the other teams and gives away mm-hmm. a great answer. That's a 0.79. That is your best score there, Jermichael Green, for nice. the Spurs and the Grizzlies. We've got the Suns to go. And I'm just going to go have a look at the list of the Suns players and see who is on that list. Uh, that's so we're going to the Suns next? Well, you can, you can go to the Suns or you can go to look at the, okay. the 100 blocks in a season. Can you repeat the 100 block thing again? Okay. I'm confused on that. All right. So it's players who have had 100 blocks in a single season playing for the Spurs. That is, you just want, there have been, I'll tell you how many of those guys have been in history. There have been 14 players that have blocked 100 shots in a season <clears throat> for the Spurs. And to get the lowest score possible, you want the guys who have played the fewest games for San Antonio mm-hmm. in their career. So, for example, can I take a stab? <clears throat> can I take a stab? Go ahead. Derek White. Derek White did not block a hundred shots. Okay. But he, he would have if he had have stayed healthy. I think in in yeah. those seasons. But he did not. Uh, um, all right. So that one, that was tough. That is tough. There's only fourteen. Those ones get tough. So we'll give you we'll x that one out. But I'll tell you the answers there. Obviously, as I lose my voice, uh, Tim Duncan was the worst answer Obviously. because he played fourteen hundred games. That would have given yeah. you the highest score. But uh, Russia Nesterovich had a hundred blocks in a season. <laughs> Yeah, um, Dave Corzine, um, George Gervin. Um, wow. Will, per- think- Will Perdue had 100 blocks yeah. in a season. Jakob Pertl, obviously, with 100 blocks in a season. And he only played 300 games or so for the Spurs. So mm-hmm. the last one we look at, Jeff, is the Suns. <clears throat> there are a few names there that are sort of obvious. I think there seems to be a large amount of Australian players on this list for some reason. But there are a few obvious ones and a few not so obvious ones. Um, Jock Landau. Jock Landau is one of the Australians, and it wasn't the main one that I was thinking of. But Jock Landau is there. He uh, obviously started in San Antonio, was traded as part Mm -hmm. of the 
DeJounte Murray deal and then played well for Phoenix last season. That's a 20.62. Aaron Baines was the the original one that I was thinking of mm-hmm. on that list. You also had um, Vinny Del Negro played 38 games for Phoenix. Wow. Steve Kerr played 26 games for Phoenix. Um, uh, Hidu Turkoglu played for both teams at some point. Wow. Um, and who else is on? Sean Marks. Brooklyn Nets GM legend Sean Marks played 22 games for Phoenix <laughs> and 48 for the San Antonio Spurs. And Jeff, that'll bring us to the end of today's show. So tell people what is happening over at Locked On Spurs at the moment. Yeah, uh, by the time we listen to the show, our latest episode is out. It is a fan episode. A lot of fans are griping about the other side of the Wimby effect, and that is skyrocketing ticket prices so a fan is going to come on he's going to give the pulse of the fan base regarding that topic and then we're going to react to the latest spurs schedule a lot of fans are upset about which games austin texas got and they're not happy about that so it's out right now uh well hopefully by the time you'll see this episode uh with josh but yeah check it out locked on spurs go and check out locked on spurs they're going to be a very interesting team of course all eyes on Wimbledon yama but lots of other mm-hmm. interesting players on this team jeff thank you once again for coming on locked on fantasy basketball And that will do it for me today and for the team preview series. We're going to have other shows coming this week. Let me just give you an idea of what I am doing. I'm doing a show later this week. uh, Actually, later this week. I'm recording this on Monday. This show comes out Thursday. I'm doing a show on players who are going to see big changes in minutes and usage. I'm going to do a show on comparing players in points leagues versus category leagues and the way we navigate looking at site pre-ranks and ADP data and the guys we've got to be really cautious of. So that is coming later this week as well. Um, You've seen a mock draft earlier this week. I hope you've enjoyed all of that. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.